Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Batflips and Nerds, the baseball podcast with a Dominican twist. And I am your host, John McGee. Like us, for a great many of you listeners, baseball has been something of a refuge from everything that 2020 has thrown at us. At least once it got going, anyway. Thanks to you, Taiwan, and thanks to you, Korea. With the World Series wrapped up and the Korean Series in progress, you'd be forgiven for thinking the ill-starred chapter marked 2020 baseball came to a sorry ending thanks to Justin Turner. You'd be wrong. Baseball is still here. The Puerto Rican and Australian Baseball Winter League start very soon. The Mexican Pacific League is in full flow. But today we're going to be talking about the doyen of all winter ball leagues a league so great that it allows the twin legends of baseball's number one prospect, Wanda Franco, and baseball's number one clown, Hanley Ramirez, to exist in the same universe. I am, of course, talking about the Dominican Winter League, or Lidon, in the local parlance. This is the first of two special episodes on the league, and today we're getting a perspective from two huge fans, two people who spent a lot of time out in the Dominican watching the game live. And later this week, we're going to get a more local take on the league itself. I, myself, am a rank amateur when it comes to the game on Hispaniola, but luckily I have two people who have been there, seen it, and absorbed that unique culture. The first is our very own Rachel. Rachel, how are you? I'm, I'm good. After that intro, I feel like the next time I'm feeling a little down in the dumps, I'm going to have to get you to write me something, because that, that's pumped me up, so... Well, you know, this is, this is, this is what baseball in, in the Dominican is all about. It's about being pumped up. And it was um, poetry, it was poetry. I mean, that's... yeah, well, there you go. And there you go. There's, there's the voice of our second very special guest, the joint host of the Ringers Baseball Barbecue, one half of the incorrigible Cespedes family barbecue with his partner in crime, Jordan Schusterman. A warm welcome to a man who spent over two months in the Dominican in 2019 and early 2020. It's Jake Mintz. Jake, how are you? Uh, as I said to you before, I'm not great. There's a pandemic, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> who is right now? So I'm I'm doing my best to stay in there, stay joyful. And like you said, baseball uh, for many of us and for me has been a, a refuge. And the Dominican Winter League is like it's it's like you, it's like when you uh, when when you wake up after a long sleep and you feel pretty good, but then you 
turn back over for like an extra hour. That's what the Dominican Winter League feels like in the refuge of 2020 baseball. Still going. I'm still sleeping, man. He is still sleeping. I absolutely love it. So uh, Jake is Jake is our sleeping beauty uh, for 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 the next hour or so. So I, I've got a, a really basic opening question for you, I, and we'll start with you, Jake. What? Why do you love this league so much? Why did you spend such a big part of your life in the last year out there? Um, I was just really curious. I think as a baseball fan growing up in America, like. There are things about MLB that you never learn, but you just know, right? And like, you know that there's 30 teams and you know where they are and you know how the rosters work. And, you know, there's 25 people on a roster. And like, I was very interested in a place where I didn't know anything and I could kind of start from scratch um, and let the world of baseball kind of come to me in a new way. And um, that's one reason. And the other biggest thing is that this, the league is super fun. Like, I think there are a lot of different reasons why uh, the Dominican Winter League is very different from Major League Baseball right now. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like the reason I chose to go was it just, it was simply something I didn't know a lot about. I wanted to work on my Spanish, which I failed at, but um, I just wanted, I had the ability and the means to, you know, make that work for a couple of months. And I figured when I'm 24 and I don't have kids or I'm not married, like it's, it's the time to do it. So I went down and tried to soak in and learn as much as I can and could in two months. Awesome. And, and Rachel, you spent some time out there in, in 2016, 17, didn't you? Yeah. I'm trying to remember what year it was. It was around then. Um, and I went down for somewhat similar reasons. I was living here by that point. So it would have been 2017 at the very earliest I think it was. And I, there's an error fair. Cause I'm big. I follow the, the cheap travel blogs. And there's one, from Amsterdam to Dominican Republic. And I went, oh, I've got to do it. Because I've always wanted to do it. And for a slightly different reason, actually, because growing up in Canada, where hockey or ice hockey, whatever you want to call it, is the big sport. Aside from the time I lived in the States, I haven't actually ever lived somewhere where baseball is a part of the national fabric of the country. And that really intrigued me because I experienced it in the States in one way. But even, even there, I don't know if Jake agrees, but I think it's NFL first. So I was really excited about going to a place where everyone there loved the thing that I loved as much as I loved it. And also because so many of my favorite players growing up and so many favorite players at the time, like we were two years away from 2015 and, and all the brilliant Dominican players in the days, I really was curious to see where they came from and looking at the different cultures between the two, which has obviously led to some kind of consternation and some debates within how the game should be played and all the unwritten rules. But I did want to see that for myself and it was also December and I live in the UK and what better time to escape this country than going to the Dominican Republic to see some baseball. And Absolutely. I, it's also a great country for hot chocolate. I'm going to do a little shout out because I'm drinking some delightful Dominican Republic hot chocolate right now that if wow. you are ever there, my number one recommendation, not actually, but um, buy the chocolate. It's delicious. I, uh, I want to piggyback off something you said, which is like when you're in the States and your favorite team is good and you're in the city where your favorite team is good and everyone that you know is like wearing a hat or like thinking about like for the Jays like in 2015 I'm sure everyone you grew up with was like wanted to talk about Jose Bautista and like wanted to think about you know 
the Jays. And it, it, when there are the baseball dorks like us, like we live for those moments where people are like, want to learn and communicate and think baseball. And like when being, when I was in the Dominican Republic, it was all, that was it. That's the, the state. That's like the average state is like any Uber driver, anybody at any shop, you can have a casual conversation about Hanley Ramirez, you know? And like, you can't, you can't do that in Ottawa probably. And you probably definitely yeah. can't do that wherever you are. In, in Manchester, UK, no, so. you, you absolutely can't. No, you can. probably can't. Can you imagine, <laughs> hey, uh, Cavi, do you think Estrellas uh, have the pitching depth to make it to the playoffs this year? What? <laughs> Who? What? <laughs> like, we can talk, Bur- talk about Burnley, but, like, I, I'm not – I can't help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, like, this is a country where if you walk up to a person in the street wearing a – not even a Yankees hat, you know, that, that's a fashion item. If you walk up to someone wearing a Dodgers hat and say – have you heard of Mookie Betts? They'll be like, who? Uh, that's not... So, Rachel, I could see smirking through that there. Rachel, you've, you've got to get off your chest. You've got to tell Jake that you were there, weren't you, for that bat flip? Weren't you? I was there. Yeah, I was there for that bat flip. That was actually... I wasn't smirking about that. I was trying to remember where I put any of my Dominican... Because I bought a lot of shit, too, when I was there. So yes, I was... London. Um, I yeah. was in London for that bat flip. And I went to a Canadian bar in London to watch the Blue Jays Rangers game because I needed to find somewhere that was showing it at like one in the morning or whatever. And so I watched the bat flip surrounded by Canadians in London and now you're in London and you were there. Yeah, basically I've chased you around is what I've done apparently. That's great. But, Shout out uh, to the Maple Leaf in Covent Garden because that's definitely where that was. It's the only Canadian bar in London. <laughs> we tried to go on Canada Day a few years ago, but it was just packed. Um, but I mean, you're, you're quite right. So what I was thinking about when I was trying to look around my messy flat for were the um, those little car flags. Every mm-hmm. team has the same little car pennants, and yep. they're everywhere. If you walk everywhere, San Domingo, and like every car has their little their little pendant. Um, so I bought some as well, and I've bought some stuff for my my family. Um, my favorite Christmas decoration is this, which I'll I'll try and post a picture of because obviously no one hearing us can see it. But, but my, I was there at Christmas time, so this is my Lucy. Oh Tiger. wow! Um, I didn't think it was for sale, and then I realized I would regret not walking away. For those of you listening, it's um, I think it might be made out of a sock, and it's a little snowman with the tiger's logo on it. I, this will it's forever beautiful. be my favorite. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's what you're saying, and it's what I was saying. I think it's. It's just a completely different way of looking at looking at the game in a culture that that loves it so much and and it's how I've kind of found being here and being able to connect with the community over here in the u k It's lovely to meet people who love the thing that you love as much as you do and mm-hmm. even if that's even if there's a giant language barrier in the way, I know you speak more Spanish than I do I speak a little bit but not a lot um you bring up the car flags just one quick thing, and then John, I see your itching to ask another question. Oh, no, like, I'm not. I, I, this fine. is just oh, okay. how I, I, I just do this. So, <laughs> right, like, every... Resting curious face, I guess. <laughs> 10% of cars have a car flag with a team logo on it, and I became friends when I was down there with a couple of the American players uh, on Lee Say, and I remember we went one night to the mall, like, to get dinner, and, like, someone had to buy, like, some luggage or whatever, and we called an Uber and we got in the, and in the car and the guy had an Aguilas flag 
outside the car and me and these Lise players get in the car and like we start asking him about like Lise, like how does he feel about Lise? And he's like, oh, I hate Lise, like they're the worst. <laughs> and like the guys are just in the car, like really like silent. And then like right before we leave, we're like, these guys are on Lise and the like, guy turns around and like recognizes the players and like, <laughs> it was great. But yeah, like it, it's everywhere, it's everywhere. So um, let's go back to basics. Um, I, I'm going to ask, yeah. ask you for, for, for this, Jake, because you, you've brought out a, a brilliant guide. So who are the teams? There are six teams, right? And, and who are they? And, and, and where are they for, for people who are completely new to this, uh, this league? So uh, the Dominican Republic, to really simplify it, is think of like a really half skinny oval. Um, it shares the island of Hispaniola. And the other half of the island is Haiti. Um, but the Dominican is kind of like the right side of an elongated oval, like a semicircle of an oval. Uh, there are six teams. There are two teams in the capital. That's Tigres del Licey and Leones del Escogido. They share a stadium, uh, which is the national stadium, Estadio Quisqueo Juan Marichal. Uh, it's kind of like the New York Jets and the New York Giants uh, for American football fans. They share it. There are four clubhouses, which is fun. There's a, right, because each team that plays in the stadium has their own clubhouse, and then there's an away clubhouse on either side uh, <laughs> of the stadium. So, like, nice. Lise has the third base dugout, and Escojito has the first base dugout, right? <laughs> um, so they share that stadium. There are then two teams in the northern part of the country, uh, the region of Cibao. It's more mountainous. It's slightly uh, wealthier than the southern chunk of the country. The two teams up there are uh, Aguilas Cibanas, the Eagles of – Cibao, basically, they play in Santiago, uh, the second biggest city in the country. And then the other team up north is Gigantes del Cibao. Uh, they are the newest team. I think they started in 1995. Um, and they play in a town called San Francisco, del Macorís, which, yes, they are the giants of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then the last two teams play out east. Um, there's Estrellas Orientales, um, they play in San Pedro de Macorís, which is the basically the, the cradle of the baseball world. It is the highest percentage of major leaguers of any municipality in the world um, is San Pedro de Macorís. Uh, and they are the team that Tatis played for. They're green. You've probably seen them on Twitter very much. Uh, and then the last team to the east of them is in a town called La Romana. Uh, that's Torres del Este. They're orange and black. They won the league last year. Um, that's where all the Yankees basically are playing this year. Um, so, yeah, those are the six teams. And, like, it's really small, right? There's six teams. That's really tiny. And for COVID-related reasons, it is, might make things tricky this year. Uh, and we can get to that later, I guess. But, like, what that means is that every game matters. You become really familiar with your opponents. The travel is really short. So, like – the drive from La Romana, which is the furthest east, to um, where Toros play, to where Aguilas play in Santiago, up in the north, north kind of northwest part of the country, that's about four hours by car. So it's like you can you can go to any game, and what that creates in a non-COVID season is you get a lot of away fans traveling because you know if the Giants are playing the Dodgers, that's a long way. If the Rangers are playing the Mariners like no Rangers fans are getting on a flight to Seattle for like an average series in the middle of the week. But like, if you only have to drive an hour to go see your team play, like that's pretty doable. 
So, yeah, that's the general overview of where all the teams are. Um, I guess, yeah, like I could talk forever about them, but so who, I, will, and, I will end it now. I will end my... And who, who, are, the, who are the most storied teams? I mean, it's, it's Lise and, yeah. uh, and the Aguilas uh, have, have won the most, uh, if, if, I, if I remember rightly. Yes, they're basically Red Sox-Yankees, but if the Red Sox were good the whole time. So Aguilas has 20 titles and Lise, or 21, sorry, and Lise has 22. They're the two biggest teams. They have the most money, the most fans, um, and it's not particularly close. Like, they are one and two, no doubt. People, I mean, like, look, if you ask an Aguilas fan, they say, we're 1A and they're 1B. And if you ask the Lise fan, they say, we're 1A and they're 1B. They're both one. Like, they're even. Those games are the best environment in baseball I've ever been to, full stop. Um, The third most successful team is Escojito. They are are kind of like the Mets, except if the Mets were really good. They have 16 titles. And then there's a huge drop-off. It's almost like an English Premier League, how top-heavy it's been historically. Um, Because then Estrellas and Toros both have three, and Gigantes have one. So it's 22, 21, 16, 3, 3, 1. So Gigantes are like Blackburn Rovers, basically. <laughs> uh, and Toros are Leicester City, I guess, if they won last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, Toros, I will say like Toros, like now, modern Toros, like they have their shit together. Like that oh, team knows so, what they're doing. So do Leicester City. That's, hence That's why, true. Hence why, That's true. <laughs> hence why I went there. So like... Uh, so who, who, who are your team? Who did you end up following? Was it, was it Lise because you made friends there? No. No. So I, I root for Escojito, uh-huh. uh, Leonis, because I became very good friends with their GM when I was uh-huh. down there. So this guy named Jose Gomez Frias, he's a scout for Tampa. Uh, and then he also is the GM of his team. He's like 29 or 30, young guy, super outgoing, like – one of my favorite people in baseball and we became really close and like he was great. And like, he said, you need a ride home from any away game, get in the back of my car. You want to be in the clubhouse? Go, great. Go ahead. You want to sit in the dugout during a game? Awesome. Do whatever you want. Promote the league. Like we're like, we're not going to pay you. And I was like, that's fine. Like, I'm not here to like, I'm writing. I'll make money that way. But like, he was like, yeah, we'll do whatever we can to like help you promote the league. You know, um, and so because of that, I really cheer for him uh, and I cheer for that team because they were very, very warm to me uh, when I was there. And you, you remember not to say like other teams weren't cold to me, but like I just became very good friends with him. And so I, I root for Escojito. And now they have Wander Franco and Julio Rodriguez. So it's easy. Yeah. To <laughs> and who's your team, Rachel? Did end up trying to say predominantly because of Bautista because that was his team. But obviously there are lots of days who've been all over the Dominican leagues and I missed... Flatty by two weeks. I was there two weeks before he then they took him out of the team, so it was a bit sad. So yeah, I didn't end up going for Lise, but I must say, so I finally I really could have used those drives home from the away games because I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but I had spent some time in Santo Domingo, so I'd seen a couple games there, and then my next place to go is to Santiago de Cielos. And in between that I decided to do some proper Dominican touristing and went up to the Savannah Peninsula. Mm. And I speak, again, far less Spanish than you do, and um, don't drive. So uh, if you can get there with someone who can drive, I do recommend doing that because it definitely makes a difference, especially when you 
miss, you don't miss the bus, it doesn't come, is what happened to me. So I was up in Samana and there was supposed to be another bus that came and it was on the schedule, no one said anything until it didn't show up for a good half hour. And it was the last one for me to get across the country and it was my last day or two. So I was either going to see this game or I wasn't going to see this game. And I'd come to this country to see baseball. So I was like, I will do anything in my power, whatever it takes. And what it took was a very expensive taxi across the country. Mm. Uh, but as you said, it's not that, far. it's not like I took a taxi from New York to LA, but it was still um, a rather expensive experience. Um, and I remember going into the little shop and buying some peanut brittle or something and asking in broken Spanish if the bus was coming. And they were like, no, no, no other was. Yeah. So anyway, you, you just got to have like, um, I used, so I didn't drive there either. I wasn't comfortable driving there. And every, yeah. all the, the Dominicans that I became close with encouraged me personally not to drive. And so I based, I took them at their word and chose not to do it. And so I mm-hmm. used public transportation a lot like I took a lot of those buses that you're talking about like the coach buses and the they have these little buses called guaguas which will take you shorter distances that they'll they'll pack you into um but you just like yeah I mean and you can if you get in a sticky situation you pay anybody enough money they'll drive you where you need to go right yeah and that resulted for me in maybe my favorite experience of that whole trip, yeah. which because I'd come obviously to kind of not just understand, not to see the games and not just to be there for that experience, but also to sort of understand what it meant to the culture and not having a lot of time to do it. One of the coolest things was driving from Samana over to um, Santiago, I guess, to see that game. Uh, we ended up driving through these little country roads and uh, just like, look out the window or whatever. And you could see like all these kids just playing the game and all of these little little not not state fields is the word I'm looking for um and literally like the sun was going down and it was just beautiful and, like these kids sitting on the like in the bleachers of these little fields that had been um sponsored and been given developed um by MLB and just being like this is actually what I've come for in a way um is to to be somewhere where this means something to this place and and it was really cool um just to kind of pass by and and look at these these kids and you know some of them could be future MLB players some of them could be future lead on players and that so the worst thing that happened to me ended up being the best thing that happened to me and I will say this this was my favorite atmosphere it was unreal like when you think when you have a stereotype in your mind of what this league is going to be like for me it was being in that stadium it was just that much more energetic and that much more wild and so loud I can still remember like I will less hey like every time I hear my brain goes Hey. Do they have the band? They have the band they have the there. Band. They have like a they had, like a live band down the first baseline. Live band. They had cheerleaders. They had a hilarious mascot. They had pyrotechnics. And the way I kept describing it to people was it felt like the postseason anywhere else, just for a regular game. But yeah. it, it wasn't even we say they were playing. I forget who they were playing. Um, it might have been Escajito actually. Uh, but that that is why it was delightful. And I'm sure they were like, who is this weird random little gringo girl with her camera? But it really was the atmosphere that you think it's going to be. Um, and it, it does live up to whatever expectations you might have. Um, and just such a good time. And also like the things you can buy at concessions, just like bottles of rum. Yes. Well. <laughs> They'll bring it to your seat. They'll bring you a full bottle of rum to your seat if you want it. Yeah. I like, I, so I was working, right? So like I, and part of my big thing when I was there, like, especially as a, you know, white dude, gringo was like, staying out of people's ways and like being as unobtrusive as I possibly could at all times. Right. And so for a lot of that, like 
it is that is never being drunk in public and a hundred other things. And so like at games, like I never did the rum. Like I, I, it's one of my bigger regrets. Like I, there was probably an appropriate way to do the rum. Um, <laughs> but because I had like a press pass, right? Like I wasn't going to sit in the crowd and hammer a bottle of <laughs> rum with my credential <laughs> on. <laughs> That's de- the definitely a violation. That's a violation. <laughs> so um what's what's the style of play I'm, I'm imagining all action absolutely no unwritten rules uh is, is that basically it in a nutshell there are unwritten rules it is some of that like it's not i i don't want to paint it as like this baseball utopia in a way because like there are obviously like there is still like oh that guy looked at me silly i'm gonna yell at him right mm-hmm. like that still exists but i think that it happens less and it's less personal and it's less the unwritten rules are less mandated from old curmudgeony people in charge than they are in the big leagues. I think it's more of the players like man, like creating their own culture, I think a little bit more, but I, the style of play it is way fewer homers, first of all. I had this in the preview. Yeah. I think MLB averaged 1.28 homers a game in 2020, and Lee Dome averaged 0.49, something like that, in last season. Right, So that's like a huge difference. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is of the, six sta- of the five stadiums, uh, three of them are at sea level mm-hmm. where – they're not at elevation and the air is super thick. And so it's really hard to hit the ball in the air. Kiskea where two of the teams play is enormous and incredibly difficult to hit home runs there. Um, And for that reason, power numbers, you really don't see like a good, like an average MLB OPS, I think is like a 720, 730 or something. And in Lee Dome, it's like, I would probably say seven or sorry, 650. Like it's a whole hundred points lower. Um, what that means is a lot more steals, a lot more errors. Like defenses will make mistakes all the time. Um, and that's just because the quality of play, like the quality of players is slightly lower, whether it's prospects or older players, or they are lacking a tool in some way. Um, but I would say the strikeouts are honestly, it's a little bit lower, but not super lower. Um, and walks are about the same, but Generally, yeah. I mean, there's more action. There's slightly more balls in play, and there's fewer homers and more steals. And there's more just guys like pushing the issue to take an extra base and uh, stuff like that. There's a lot of pitching changes because of the way that rosters work. Teams can rotate the relievers they use out and put fresh guys in for the next day. And because of that, you'll basically throw a guy for an inning take them off the roster the next day, put a new guy on. And then that allows you to just rotate the carousel a lot more that gets a little draggy and games take a long time. Like pace of play in Lee dome is worse than in major league baseball. For sure. Well, I I've watched a few games this week and I, I had noticed that, you know, if you're getting three innings out of a starter you're doing well (laughs) and it's not because they're bad like they're coming in and pushing for three innings and then getting lifted yeah and a lot of it is because the type of pitcher that you have starting in the league they're 
they're either a prospect, in which case the team doesn't want them to go more than five innings, mm-hmm. right, or 80 pitches, or they're old and, mm-hmm. like, on the back end of their career, in which case, like, do they have the stamina to go five, six past that? Now, they, guys will throw complete games. Like, if, if you get a dude, and this is, like, a perfect little level of guy who's, like, independent league in the States or Mexican league, the Velo is like 90, 91. They're never going to play in the majors, but they know it. And they're like 28 and they go down there and they just throw complete games and like teams just let them ride. Right. That's like a type of player too. But generally you don't see deep starts all that often. Um, Quick, quick last little thing. One of my favorite moments from last season was towards the end of the playoffs teams are bringing in new players from other winter leagues around the region as those seasons end. So like when the Puerto Rican season is over, you'll see like a bunch of the best Puerto Rican players from that league whose teams are out of it, join the Dominican league. Same thing with the Mexican league, less so with Venezuela, but Escojito for a must win game, like losing their season is over, flew in a Mexican league starter to make his first career start in the league. And he threw a complete game shutout to hitter. Right. Like got off the plane on like a Tuesday pitched on a Wednesday night to keep the team season alive. Right. Like that to me, it's so different than the majors. Right. That's like, and there's reasons for that, but like, it's just so much more interesting to me that like, Hey, who's starting on Wednesday? I don't know. He's on a plane. Like (laughs) (laughs) we did have a bit of that this year as a Red Sox fan. He's starting on Wednesday. Probably (laughs) someone terrible. Robert Stock, maybe. Brian Weber again. (laughs) He's gone. uh, (laughs) If people want to go down as well, um, do you want to talk a little bit about just like the ticket buying process? Maybe you didn't do it because you had a press pass because that's also a very unique experience in that it isn't, it's not like an advanced sales situation. It's even for me, it was a bit of a, you have to kind of figure it out to figure out how to get there. I am trying to think if I ever had to do that. I don't know. Cause I, I had the press pass. So I basically just like yeah. walked in and showed it and they let me in. But I mean, you can, you can speak to this more, but I, I'm pretty sure you just show up at the gate and you buy yeah. and you buy it on the spot and you, there are very specific sections. It's again, it's kind of like English soccer where mm-hmm. like if you buy a ticket to a section, you're not, you physically cannot get to, a different section in the park if you buy a certain type of ticket so like there it's like literally like quartered off so if like you sit down the lines at an Estrellas game you can't walk into the main concourse behind the home plate yeah I think I was turned away by security trying to get a photo somewhere then they let me because I just looked sad at them for a bit but yeah it's, it's definitely tricky to do that um yeah you do I you there's a certain time of day, whatever it is, like 10 a.m. or something that they open up. And obviously the more, the more popular games are going to go faster. So I just showed up the beginning of every day. Again, taxi drivers being like, what is this woman doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, you do, you, you walk up and you kind of, you, they ask you like how much do you want to spend on a ticket? And I just kind of go, here you go. Um, so that was quite kind of a fun thing to kind of figure out like, oh, I guess I'm going to get a good ish seat today. I don't really know what it's going to be and show up in different parts of the stadium. Um, and actually when I was there, so I had done this whole trek across the country, just going from game to game and and probably being the only, like one of the only non-Dominicans there, if not the only one. And then my very last day on Otohulas that day, uh, the people at my hostel were like, there's actually another girl staying here that's 
going to all the games. And I'm like, what? We literally haven't met anyone not from the Dominican Republic going to any of these games. There's another solo female traveler that had come to the DR specifically to see these games. So I guess also to shout out, like, I felt perfectly safe and happy and fine as a solo woman, so does she. So definitely if, if you're out there and you're, you're like, is this a safe thing to do? I, I would say yes. Um, safe and fun and good experience all around. Maybe don't, again, consume all the rum. Yeah, it's, it's just like the <laughs> rules of the... It's only because you have to take public transportation home, right. and that is a very confusing situation to do. Well, a lot of it is like, I would say, the rules of the road are like any major city in the world. Like, Absolutely. if you... As a, as a man, I have more leeway than you do, unfortunately, but, like, that's fucking world. Uh, and you just have to be smart. Like, you just mm-hmm. don't be a dummy and don't be an asshole, and, like, you're going to be fine 99.9% of the time. Like... You know, and a lot of for me was like talking to people who live there and being like, just listening, right? Being like, oh, maybe this is the spot to go at this time. Like, you just have to keep your ears open and develop relationships with people there. Um, That was huge for me, just like building friendships and, and relationships with people. So I really gave me a sense and opened up a lot more doors to do a lot more things, I think, when I was down there, right? And part of that is like the privilege of, you know, what I get to do for my job because um, people like the league and like wanted to have me around because they knew I was tweeting about it to like 80,000 people or whatever. Right. But that was super helpful. And like, I could not have done, I could not have made it through that experience without the help of the people who live there. Like not even close. There was one person I want to shout out in particular is our, our, our Lennis Pena, who became a good buddy of mine. Um, she like single-handedly found a way to get me to Santiago one day, like, you know? Um, so, yeah. So Alenis Pena is, is going to be joining us later this week, which is awesome. Oh, so a bit of, bit of a trail great. for her. She is great. She is like, she is one of the most energetic human beings, like genuinely friendly, warm people I've ever met in my life. I'm very fortunate to know her. Uh, and uh, Rachel and I can't wait to to, to meet her too and to introduce her to uh, the British baseball community. Love it. Um, um, so- if people want to, are people thinking about like, okay, I'm going to cheer and I'm going to cheer for, pick a team to cheer for. Obviously, you can make a plug for Esquito, but um, you've mentioned kind of Yankees, Red Sox, top of the, top of the league. What maybe like three words on what people should cheer for every single one of these teams. I, if I was a neutral, I would cheer for Estrellas. Like, I think they're the most interesting team to me. Um, they, I mean, that city is baseball, right? It is. There's a really good book. Oh, what's it called? It's called Eastern Stars or I can't remember. There's a whole book about the history of baseball in San Pedro de Macorís, which is really good that I recommend. Um, if I had the name of it in my head. Uh, that's why I would root for them. I mean, they have Tatis. That's the stadium where I was able to watch one of the games from the roofs across uh, behind the stadium fence, which was really uh, a cool experience with the help of some locals who, who uh, gave me an assist there. So that's why I root for them. Uh, the Toros, they have the most exciting, best team in the league right now. I mean, it's not all hyper prospects, but it's like, players who you can count on being back the following year, which is rare because for a lot of guys, whether or not they're going to play in the Dominican winter league hinges on how they're doing over the summer. And for Toros big players, which is Jordani Valdespin 
and um, Peter O'Brien now and Yamaiko Navarro and Ruben Sosa, guys like that, and Ruel Valdez, their ace, they're going to play every year no matter what. So you can get attached to guys knowing that they're going to be back. Gigantes this year, reason to root for them. They got a whole lot of big-ass motherfucking guys who hit the ball long, long ways. That's it. They're just – they're like – they're as if a team is like, I want a team to win a home run derby, and I guess we'll have to play defense at some point too. Um, Aguilas, they have, I would say, the most recognizable ML- MLB or former MLB players of any team this year between Gilbert <laughs> Defoe, Juan Lagares, Victor Robles. Um, yeah, Eddie. I think yeah. is one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Rabel Garcia, like they have a long list of guys that people have, casual MLB fans probably have heard of. Uh, Lise, they, if you're a Lise fan, chances are you'll find a way to talk about Lise with someone. Like there's just a lot of Lise fans around, especially in the States. Um, and their captain, Emilio Bonifacio, is a joy to watch. And then like this year, the reason to root for Escojito is that they have like two of the top five best prospects in the world. And they're both playing every day. Uh, and Wander Franco in particular is just been outrageous to watch. Did not know this. Saw this the other day. He's got the Javi Baez MLB logo thing tattooed on the side of his neck. So that's a hell of a flex, man. Like <laughs> if you've never played in the bigs yet, like, I think that's great. So that, those would be the reasons to root for uh, each of the six teams. I'm an Escojito fan. Um, but it's, you know, like you have your one team in in MLB that you root for, but then there's like the second team that like, you just check in and like, you see how they're doing. Like for me, that's a stray ass. Like I, I, I'm always hoping that they're doing, doing well. Sweet. Um, I'd also say for uh, UK fans in particular, the Lise logo looks almost identical to the London Mets logo. So if you're a London Mets player or fan out there, you almost already have the equipment to watch it. And I'm pretty sure this book you're looking for is called, uh, Las Estrellas Orientales potentially, by Mark Kurlansky. Mark Kurlansky, yeah. It is. That That's is what Anderson tells me it might be. Yeah. Oh, lovely to hear someone say derby again. That's that's the right way of saying that word. The home run derby. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Look, it's it was initially a city in the Midlands in the UK. Uh, home of baseball in the UK as well. There you go. Huh. Well, let's not get, did you not know that? I did not. Dar- Derby County, Derby, not Derby County. Derby County's <laughs> former ground was was the baseball ground. Big, big history of uh, baseball in that city. Oh my god! I did. Did Frank Lampard know that when he was managing there? <laughs> I don't know if he did, but did did you know? You probably don't know this either. That the last British British born person to hit a home run in major leagues is called Keith Lampard and is a distant relation of Frank. Amazing. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so good. He was I a, love p- that. a pinch hit home run for the 1969 Houston Astros. Uh, he was the oh. last British born player to uh, hit home run. There you go. <laughs> that made my day. Well, there you go. I'm, pl- I'm pleased, pleased. See, look, I've been sitting, listening and absorbing. I've just been listening to you. Don't, don't take it for me not listening. I, I can be passive oh, if John, I want to. Have you, you've been watching this week. Has a team struck your fancy are you already fully on board with one 
How are you feeling? I, I don't know, you know. So I've watched, I've watched, I think I've watched four games this week. I'm lucky because, you know, because they're all working from home at the moment. I've been fortunate to be able to have it on on the TV whilst I've been working. I've not had too many Zoom meetings this week. I've enjoyed, uh, so I, 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 I've sort of drawn to the Estrellas because I, I, I love a green uniform. There are enough mm-hmm. of them. Uh, so, you know, it, just from a completely facile perspective, I'm really into that. But then I found myself very engaged in the Aguilas games. And I think it might be because I do recognize so many of the players, you know, the Juan Magaras, the Wilma Defos. But also they have these two, their, their, their number one and number two pitchers are, are Cubans. And I've just got this slight obsession with Cubans, get, not the Cubans, you know, the Jose Abreus of this world, but the Cubans who get out of Cuba to make a professional living in places like the Dominican Winter League. Yeah in places like japan and in places like venezuela i find absolutely fascinating so yeah they're, they're sort of I mean, drawing me for that reason i wonder what's going to happen under biden to be fair actually was talking about this election and, and obviously the trump administration has been a big part of why cuban players in the last couple of years have had mm. so much trouble so I'm, i wonder if that will change over the next little bit and what that's going to mean the the dr and it's something i do i want to explore next um, week with some of our guests is also the process of of player development and I don't know if you have anything to say about that as well but as much as this league is brilliant there are also again people like Batista who are having who are um uh, participating in programs that um that are trying to help some of these players who don't ultimately make it because it is a league where kids actual children go into baseball pretty young and and there are some issues around that I don't know if um if Jake you feel comfortable or yeah no uh, I mean, so this is like the double-edged sword and the most complicated aspect of it is like the MLB Dominican Republic relationship is incredibly exploitative um, on a face level, right? And that's like one side of the coin. And the other is that like in like the post-colonial landscape, baseball acts as like a point of pride for the Dominican Republic and is obviously very important to their culture. And like, those are both true. Those are like both facts, right? And they seem contradictory at times, but they do work in tandem. But I do think it is important to like remember, and I think it's less Lee Dome. Like Lee Dome's role in the problematic aspects of MLB's at times exploitative relationship is I think relatively minimal. Um, But just in terms of the country, like, yeah, the issue is if you are Dominican and you want to be a major leaguer, you really got to start at 12 because you get signed when you're 16, right? You don't just, when you're 16, it's not just like you start that day. Like kids have been playing at showcases and under academies for four years at that point. Right. And like, a lot, all these kids want to do it. Like, I don't think anyone's like being forced to play baseball, but um, this is the the thing that I really wrestled with. I think it's very easy to sit in America and be like, these kids love baseball, but it's like they do, but there's a level of dependence on it where it is not a game, right? It is the, for a lot of these kids, it is the way out. It is, that is it. That's the dream. That's the goal, right? Um, and what that does is it, creates a certain type of incentive at the youth level away from education, away from their families, right? Like into these academies. And that's kind of problematic. And like, there's no alternate path available. 
right? In the majors, or sorry, in America, there kind of is. Like, you can go to high school, you can go to a junior college, you could never do a showcase um, ever. And if you're good enough, someone's going to find you, right? And you can develop your skills probably at, at a lot of different places. Down there, you basically have to go to uh, an academy before you're 16, and then you sign with the team doing MLB sanctioned showcases. Like, that's the path. So it's very complicated. If I said that I fully understood the dynamic or felt comfortable with it, I'd be lying to you. I think, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It, it, it's, it's very complicated, and at times it feels, it's just, it just feels icky. Um... I, I hope I did decently trying to yeah, explain yeah, that. Absolutely. In it's something I'm, I'm curious to ask our, yeah. uh, our guests later this no. week as well. <clears throat> we'll probably have a different insight into that question, but it is something let's say we, we loved our experience and we loved this, this league and, and what it means to the country, but it is, it is a complex thing that I think is worth always raising and talking about. Right. You might be and, and part of it is part of it is like, as a non-Dominican, to what level is it my responsibility or place to critique sure. the Dominican aspects of the operation, right? It's, yep. like, I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's, like, my job, not job, but, like, my place to point out, you know, I think, like, the ways in, the ways that MLB participates in making it an issue, less so like the Dominican people on the ground. Cause like, I, like I said before, I think Lee Dome operates very much outside of that sphere because the players that are going to play in Lee Dome, all of them are either in a major league organization already and are usually at least 19 or 20, or they're on the other side of their career where it's like you're 35 and playing in Mexico. So. Or as you said, they've come from another league or something and they're yeah, yeah, yeah. part of the season. Um, just to bring it back to a slightly more exciting note, um, I've already kind of talked about what my moment of being there was and going like, this is why I came here. What would yours be? I mean, there were a hundred. Like the, the moments that I cherished the most were when no one noticed me where I could be a fly on a wall and try not and just kind of sponge up um, the world. And the, there was the two that really stand out. I'll say three. I'll say three. One was getting to go to Victor Robles's um, world series block party, which is not a thing that everyone gets to do when they're, they're Dominican. I totally understand. Like I'm not going to sit here and be like, Hey, you, when you're in the Dominican, <laughs> snag an invite. Like, I know that that's a lucky humble You've got your alternate thing. Twitter account now. Like, you've got the family PBQ. Uh, now the, you've got the Victor Robles plug. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. It, it was, that's a, a braggy answer, but I got an invite <laughs> from his agent, who is a friend of mine. And it was like, I was the only gringo there. Like, <laughs> and it was just cool to see 
like for us, Victor Robles is like the 15th most important guy on the 2019 Nats. Like he was like, right? Like when you think about that team, you don't think about Victor Robles, right? No. But to the Daniel people, Hudson. Daniel <laughs> Hudson, right? There are all these guys, of course, right? But on that block, in that neighborhood, he's God. He's king, right? And like, that was a reminder to me how that relationship functions when no one's watching that Victor Robles means something to so many people in this very specific space. Um, that was a really important reminder. The night I got to watch an Estrellas game from the rooftop with the kids who lived behind the stadium. Um, and then the last game I saw when I was there was a six hour, 13 inning marathon between Lisey and Aguilas. Winner moves on to the finals, loser goes home. And I was lucky enough to watch that from the Aguilas dugout, the whole game. And it, it was the craziest baseball game I've ever seen. Like, there were rain delays. There were, like, five lead changes. Carlos Gomez made a fully extended diving catch to save the game in his last game he ever played in baseball. Um, it was it, – it then started pouring around 2 a.m., and I had a 6 a.m. flight home back to the States. And so, like, as the game kept going, I was like, am I going to miss my flight? Like, my girlfriend's going to be pissed. She hasn't seen me in, like, a month and a half. And I'm going to say, like, like, what am I going to do? Like, when you schedule an early morning flight, you're like, oh, like, yeah, I'll be tired after that game. But, like, you don't think that the game will go long enough to, like, bump yeah. into the flight. I went to the longest game in Chicago Cubs history once and I had the same feeling. I'm like, yeah, like, what? Like, it's the morning? My morning plans are being ruined by this baseball game? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I, so, yeah, I remember the game got rained out, postponed at, like, 2.30 in the morning in the 13th inning. I then went straight to the airport from the stadium, flew home, landed at, like, 11 a.m., napped, woke up at four, watched the last part of the resumed game from my couch in the States. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was great. It, awesome. But yeah, I, I will, uh, if there had not been, you know, a global pandemic, I probably would have gone back for yeah. a good chunk of time this it's year. Definitely, like I rarely go back to places and it's somewhere I definitely want to go back. And I managed to see four of the six teams. So it's, I, I've got two more to, two more to see. It's funny we were talking about this because like, I, what you're saying for your first memory because I do feel like the NHL probably is the the closest parallel in a way of these pros going back to these small towns in whatever northern Ontario or yeah. rural Quebec and bringing back the Stanley Cup and I'm just thinking it's kind of a shame that that there isn't a similar tradition in baseball because I feel like what you're saying which is really clear is that it means so much to these like little micro communities whether it's a neighborhood or a yeah. town or a city and it'd be lovely to have almost a similar tradition of bringing back a, not like a World Series ring, but the actual trophy or something like that to these places. It's like sports are dumb, right? Like they are, they inherently do not matter. And like I have made my life and my living around talking about one and I fully recognize that. But like, you know, especially, and this has been hammered home to me in 2020 that like it really doesn't matter. Like, oh, there's a trade. Whoa. Like, whoa, you know, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But at the same time, they super matter because they matter to people. And if they matter to people 
and they create cherished moments that like have purpose and meaning that's important. Right. And like, it's super easy to get cynical in this world we live in. Right. And like, I'm very cynical myself, but like seeing Victor Robles walk down his street with, you know, it's 68 degrees and there's a nice cool breeze and they're playing pachata music and the Colmado on the corners handing out presidentes and everyone's got a smile on their face. And what's a picture with the world series champion. Like that brings joy into people's lives. And like, that's, that's why we live. Right. And like if, if sports can be a vehicle for that, that's great. And I think that they are a vehicle for that in the Dominican Republic Baseball is more than any sport is in America. Like anything, like all the shit that the league was saying during COVID, like, oh, we want to be a, a important distraction for people, like a refuge. Like, yeah, that's true. It was a refuge for me. The comparison in the Dominican, it's not even close. What that league and the sport means to that place is something that baseball, maybe it used to mean, mean something like that here in America, but it, it does not anymore. And it is no comparison. I think that that's the best place to leave it. What a play! What, what a wetting of our appetite. I mean, it's it's. I I, I want to go. I, I like damn yeah. the pandemic. I'm just going to get the next flight from Manchester Airport right now. Um. So like a little bit of housekeeping to finish us off. Um. Where do we watch this? How do we how do we watch it, Jake? So I should mention before I sail away that there was a slight. COVID outbreak in the league over the weekend that like is put the future of the season kind of in an iffy spot. There were eight confirmed cases for Gigantes, I believe five for Lise. Uh, on Thursday, both of those teams did not play over the weekend. They're mm-hmm. both supposed to be scheduled tomorrow. All, all the other teams, I believe got COVID results back yesterday and they were all negative. Um, but still like, same thing with MLB. Like, we don't know. Like, it's just, it's on a thread at all times. And when you have six teams, you yeah. can't, like, sequester one and then have them make up the games later because it's such a small situation. So mm. hopefully everyone stays safe and the season, you know, makes it. But I think that's just important to note. Yeah. Uh, so those teams resume tomorrow. You can watch all the games on DR Sports, DR, Dominican Republic, drsports.tv. There's a streaming platform. It's similar to MLB TV. In some ways, it's even better uh, than MLB TV. Uh, It is super crisp. Like, I have watched many international baseball games through weird links that I had to turn on or off my ad blocker for and using a VPN. You don't have to do any of that. It's very easy, safe, simple. 20 bucks for the full season. I can't recommend it enough. And... You should buy my Dominican Winter League preview PDF. You don't even need to set it up. <laughs> it's five bucks, five dollars. You Venmo me or Cash App. I know folks in the UK don't have that or can't use that to get to me. What I've been doing with UK based people is I just say donate a couple dollars to a charity you care about. Don't even like worry about it. Jordan and I are still in the process of figuring out where we're sending the money because. I came up with this idea like two days before the season started. And so I just didn't have time to put it together. Uh, so we're going to donate all the money. We've already made around $2,000 and we're going to match it. So if you Venmo, or if you just send me a DM on Twitter and you're like, Hey, can I get the PDF for the Dominican Winter League preview? I'll be like, cool. Send me your email. 
send a couple bucks to a cause in the UK that you care about, and we'll call it even. I'm not picky. Just, awesome. That's it. And and people can find you at Cespedes and BBQ, yes. right? Yes, they can. Indeed. Um, right. So, Jake, thank you so, so much for your time. Thank it's been you. a, an absolute pleasure to listen to both of you waxing lyrical about this, this wonderful uh, baseball league. It's just, just learn, try and learn shit that you don't know about. Like, let it, let it bring you joy. You know, it's, that's pretty simple. And obviously, because uh, she hasn't interrupted yet, we've got Catnips and Nerds back uh, with Woo! my cat, cat joining in right at the end of the podcast. So this is, as I said, the first of two uh, podcasts on Lead On. Later on in this week, we're going to have uh, the fabulous Alain Espeña, uh, who we talked about earlier on, and also from uh, ESPN Deportes and the Toros del Este, Antonio Puesan. So it's going to be uh, a more of a Dominican rather than a gringo flavor later in the week. Um, Good. So, uh, yeah, we're going to make Way sure... Better. They use uh, actual spices in their food. I just, you know, just mayonnaise for me. Just chip. You just put a bit of uh, hot sauce on. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. More, <laughs> more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, that's all we've got time for. And we'll hear from, you'll hear us again later this week. Thanks very much. Bye.